The start order is 17423985. The Extra Lap RC Podcast. Yes, this is the Extra Lap RC Podcast. My name's Aiden Burke, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Joey Cockle. Hi, Joey. How you doing? Hello. I'm back. We, we missed you. I know. We didn't, but we have to say no, that. It's true. And we're also joined by our good friend, Martin Owen. How you doing, Martin? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Um, everyone had a good week? So far. Yeah, it's been all right. Been okay, um, guys. There has been some chats for for UK racing and BRCA. We don't know anything more than anybody else, but we'll probably catch that right at the end um, because we have got a guest, um, Martin. Who are we going to speak to today? So tonight we've got the 1992 Reedy Racer Champions winner and Reedy's main guy and a very old friend of mine. We have Rick Howard. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Good, how are you guys doing? We're all great. Have I still got the other two? Yep. Mm-hmm. Rick, well, let, let's... Oh, I was going to start with what your job is, but then Martin's just told me you won the 1990 Reedy Race of Champions. That's right. It's, that seems an awful long time ago. Hey, it's not it that It was. Long. I've been racing pretty much forever, so... That was uh, kind of the, the early days, really. Wow. Um, but that, that was me skipping ahead. Um, so do you, you're a, a Reedy employee. You work for Reedy. What, what's your role there? I am, well, my official title is the Reedy Electric Department Manager. So anything that has to do with the Reedy product line, I deal with. and pretty much from uh, sourcing products, developing products, all the way up until they're released, pricing, ordering, press releases, pretty much the entire process from start to finish I'm involved with. And as the electric department manager, I also deal with other non-Reedy branded items from team associated so that could be uh it could be rtr electronics and radios and you know anything that's in the electric end of things i have a a part in right okay So, so do you sort of look after all of these things in little bits rather than just get heavily involved in one of them it's it's pretty much heavily involved in in all of them, but you know a lot of stuff. It, you know, it, it over time. I mean, I don't have any other, uh, I guess, uh, distractions. I mean, it's it's my job, and I've kind of figured out how to do it. Where you know you 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 know you deal with the same people over time, and it kind of becomes I don't want to say routine, but it, it's. It's a lot, but it's not difficult. Okay. And then the question on everyone who's listening to this is, how did you get that job? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's kind of a long story. I've been at Team Associated doing this job since 2007, but it kind of goes before that. So back in the early days, I started the company Peak Performance which Martin knows and, you know, it's now peak racing is what it's called and it still exists out there, not in a, in a big way, but it, it is still a company, but I started with that and I sold that in 1998 and I went to work for team Orion USA up until 2007. And then that sort of, that it didn't dissolve, but it, it, they changed how they did things, and then I moved on to Team Associated and the Reedy department. So, and that's what I've been doing since. I think I can. Re- I can't remember peak performance. I've not been in as long as you three. Um, 
but what were you doing then if you started that company? What did you start with? Were you making motors, batteries? Or... Yeah, back in the this was back in the you know mid eighties, and I'd been racing for it'd been about five, four or five years, and back then there, there was a little more hand built quality to things. You know, it was it was so new, batteries needed to be tested and matched and you had motors that needed to be kind of basically hand built and you know there felt I felt like there was a need for a different you know there were only two or three people doing it at the time and I knew how to do it so it just kind of started off as a basically a garage operation and kind of built into something pretty big yeah, very big. They were those. I can remember there was a point, late eighties, in this, in, especially in Cali, that was the pretty much the only motor everybody had. That or Reedy. That was about it. Or, yeah, no, or, it was it was big at the time, but yeah. you know you you know you couldn't just like now you can, you know you can call up a company in China and have a motor made, but then there was it was harder to get the base products and. Uh, yeah, there was more of a hand-built nature to, you know, cars as well, RC cars, not just the motors and, and batteries. But uh, yeah, you just couldn't just you couldn't get into it. You had to kind of know what you were doing. So it, it was it was yeah, it was good when you made something really good. People understood and wanted to buy it. So. Do you get? Did you get that? You said you knew how to do it. Did you get that from like an electrical background, or just time spent opening motors that you already had? Well, I worked when I was a year before the company started. I had a part-time job with a guy, this guy, Big Jim Greenmeyer, <laughs> and most people wouldn't know who this guy is, but back <laughs> in the day. Martin might know who he was. I do, yeah. Used to ride a Harley, didn't he? Big Harley. Yeah, he was oh, kind yeah. of a, he's a big guy, big Jim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I'm sorry? Was it Checkpoint? Was that who he, yes. he owned? Yeah. It was Team Checkpoint. So I had a part-time job, and I kind of picked up some of the, the stuff that we did there and learned how to do some things, and and it just sort of progressed, but... You know, I knew people who knew how to make some of the equipment and, you know, because this wasn't, you know, you couldn't go buy a hand, uh, hand wind machine to make a motor or wind a motor. You know, you couldn't just make a, you know, or go buy a battery tester. These things all had to be made from, you know, just from scratch, basically. So, you know, once you had this equipment, then it wasn't as difficult to, to do it, but it's kind of like anything. You have to have the right tools to, you know, you couldn't just sit there with your, you know, two hands and a wire and an armature and hand wind it. You had to tension it and, you know, there was some technique to it that you had to learn. And that, that's kind of how I started through, I guess you'd say, you know, trial and error and, you know, with the right equipment. And then you just kind of learn how to, you know, learn the techniques and, and it, you know, you just go from there and it continues to get better and better and you just fine tune it. And was, was there a lot know, of went, competition went, sort of between like peak, peak performance and like, <laughs> and like team checkpoint? We were always trying to outdo each other. Was that one of the drivers for this kind of stuff? If it's pure, you know, are you trying to make one a, a quicker motor than Big Jim? Well, it, <laughs> like now, I mean, if you were to race a modified touring car or even an off-road car, you know, now you're, you're, the motors are so fast that the limitation is what's the driver and the car. I mean, you, you could go faster. You have plenty of battery power. You could, you know, but there's no point going faster. The car can't handle it. The tracks are too small and... You know, the electron, you just can't go. There's a limit to how fast you can go. But back then, the limit was batteries. So you were always trying, you know, the batteries never had enough capacity. And we're talking about, 
you know, 12 scale at the time and NICAD batteries. So batteries were a big issue in trying to get the most out of the batteries and building a motor that was efficient so that you could go as fast as you can with the, you know, with the runtime, uh, you know, there's eight minute races and, you know, even, even 10 scale off-road, it wasn't a given that you'd make the runtime because the batteries just weren't very good. The motors were way ahead of the batteries. So there was always competition there. It was, but you know, the drivers could really make a difference in how the stuff looked. Cause if you could, you know, it'd be like a real car racer. If you're really efficient with the fuel you can use, you know, you can go faster, you can use more power. And it was the same with 12 scale in particular, you could, you know, if you're really smooth with the throttle, you could run a faster motor and you'd be faster on the straight. So it, you know, and you'd have more runtime. So a lot of it was in the driver's hands, but the equipment definitely helped. You know, if you could get the get the batteries working their best and the motors as efficient as possible, you know, you you'd be fast. And everybody was looking for that combination: driver, battery, and motor. It's okay because I say I said well, this is before my time. You know, this is before my time of RC. Not before my time. I'm ten years yeah. older than Joey. Um, at least, and what? Hang on a minute, what? your maths is shit. <laughs> God, I how old there you is are. no way. Are you thirty-eight? No, no, I'm forty-four. What, what, what you are? What you are, Missy? It's Rick's birthday today. It is Rick's birthday today. <laughs> yeah, are you twenty-five currently? I wish. No, f- <laughs> fifty-three today. <laughs> Still young, um, young enough to race RC cars, yeah, and still I, and still win, from what I see. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can still I, do it. I, I, think, I think I saw some. I think I saw pictures on Facebook of you on the podium this weekend. Yes, I, I won this past weekend. Oh, you did. I hate good people. Um, <laughs> I, I remember I was sat, I was sat on the on the bus coming back from the track in you know in China, and I I brought your name up to Brett Telke, and it, the first thing he said is he's the fastest old man I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I, well, I say I, I think I started with before I got Joey's age wrong that you know this is before my time. So you said something slightly different from what I've heard. You know, I've always heard that, you know, you know, in the good old days, it was just equipment. It was just equipment. If you had the best equipment, then you'd be best. But I think you've just sort of said, well, no, if you didn't have the skill and ability to eke that extra bit out, then the best equipment wasn't everything. Well, it was it was different in, in certain classes, like 12 scale. I mean, you had to have the good equipment and. At that time, I think there was a bigger difference between <clears throat> what a, let's say, a factory driver could obtain from Associated or Losi or whoever and what the user could buy. So now, I mean, anyone can go out and basically have the same car that, uh, you know, a top driver has. And that's in any, any scale right now. You, you just go buy it. There was no... Uh, there is no limitation. If you have enough money, you can put all the option parts on. But back then, the factories always had special stuff. So you did have to have, or it was an advantage to have the access to these parts, but also there was more tinkering and, and uh, you know, playing with parts. Like Ryan Kenwald was probably the, the number one guy where he would, kind of hand build parts in his pits, you know, by filling in holes and redrilling things. And, you know, there was some innovation from the, the racers to make the cars better. They weren't relying hundred percent on the manufacturers to do it for them, but it, it's everything. I mean, batteries would, would always play a part and they, they play a part now, but in a different way, it's not necessarily runtime, it's power, but, a good driver 
you know, if you had a, all the best drivers and the guy had a better car, he's going to win with a better car for sure. But, you know, there was some chance to overcome the car with better driving or more of a chance than today, I'd say. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned batteries then. So one of the things that someone once said to me that, um, like, like Team Orion would turn up to the world or to a big event with like a suitcase full of NICADs that were only ever used for the worlds. And at the end of the world, they would collect them all back in, put them back in a suitcase and take them all the way back to the office. You know? Yes. <laughs> is that true? Uh, I worked for, at that time, with peak performance, I was the Team Orion importer for the U.S., so I was pretty close with with uh, the Team Orion guys, real, you know, with Philippe and these guys, and that was the race in, uh, it would have been 92 in Basildon, yeah. I think. So that it was sort of a marketing exercise where they brought batteries, and if anybody wanted batteries, they would let them have batteries for the race, and they'd take them back when the race was over. And I believe the idea was, hey, you know, 80% of the guys at the Worlds used Team Orion batteries. So it was a, it, it, it was a way to kind of get the name out there. And All at the right. time, with NICAD or nickel, nickel metal batteries, nickel metal hydride batteries, and NICAD batteries, it was a, they were still able to manipulate the batteries in a way that would make them better. And, you know, Team Ryan was promoting this technology, and, you know, it's pretty good. His batteries were fast, and, you know, people who might have kind of, squeaked their way into the worlds and, you know, spent all their money just to get there. Now they had access to these brand new batteries and they didn't have to, you know, they just use them and give them back. And it, it was pretty cool. I mean, even you are talking about it now. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it was pretty effective. Yeah, definitely. So, I, sorry, we'll, we'll talk about this, how you met Martin and things along those lines and, and how you got rid of Martin back to this country. Um, <laughs> but, but, but again, I, but I've got another sort of, that leads on to another battery question. So, what I hear of, the, I'm going to say the bad old days, is that, um, you know, you test like a thousand, ten thousand batteries. And every so often, like 0.1% of those NICADs or nickel metal hydrogen would just be better than the other ones. Is, that, is those the kind of numbers you were dealing with? Yes. The, the, you know, there's a variation in the cells, and that's what you were trying. You were trying to make the cells better, and then you had these variations in the cells. And the more cells you could test, the more top cells you would get and you know you'd also get a lot of bad cells that way and, and they're not bad cells they just wouldn't be as good so you know you could turn those into rtr batteries or stick packs and in something that racers didn't use and then you'd have these good ones that you could you know hand out to your team drivers Right. It wasn't it was and and another problem is that they varied from uh, batch to batch or manufacturing batches. So you could have, uh, you know, each of these cells had a date code on it. So you had a year and a date. So you might have one date code that had a lot of really good batteries, and you really wanted to get your hands on those. And you could have another date code that wasn't so good. Maybe maybe all of them were were good, but they weren't, you know, at a level that you'd say, hey, I want to give this to my top team guy to go race the Worlds with. Right. So it, but, it, it, it was, it sounds a bit like, bit like witchcraft. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were people like, uh, it started off, you know, they were just trying to try different charging techniques and discharging techniques and storage techniques. But then it got to be where you're zapping these cells and you're running high current through the cells and just different people would try any kind of different technique to 
to get a little more power out of the battery or a little more runtime out of the battery. But people tried everything with the like, the nickel metal cells. They, it was crazy. Okay. So, you know, I, I was going to wait for this question for later, but so do you think what we've got now is just better and easier than what you had then? You know, the stuff I'm aware of, lipos, brushless, you know, it's just fairer and easier for everybody. Well, it's definitely easier. You don't, I mean, everybody has access to the same product. There's no, you know, the batteries can vary some, but there's not nearly as much variation as there used to be. And we have so much extra power and capacity for, well, capacity for sure, that it doesn't matter if you have a little bit more than another guy. It's not going to give you any advantage at all except maybe in 12-scale modified. That's, that's probably the only class where runtime still can be iffy if you aren't careful. But it, overall, it's easier, especially with motors, you know, not having to rebuild them. We were, we were at the point where we were rebuilding brushed motors you know, every run or every two runs. And now, you know, you just... I mean, you don't even have to really worry about it. I mean, you might put new bearings in and a new rotor every once in a while, but you still have way more power than you need in modified. And then the spec classes, you know, it's still, it's still, you're going to be competitive. It's not like you have to have a brand new motor or something super fresh all the time. So in that respect, it's a lot easier. It is more expensive, but, you know, I think the value is much greater now. Yeah, I'm going to ask the other two now, but have either of you ever put a new bearing in a motor? Yes. Joey? Um, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to say I've definitely never put a new bearing in a motor. <laughs> That's why I do, I, I do. I do find, I do find the people who are just coming into the hobby have got it a little bit easier than what we had sort of even five five to six years ago when we first sort of moved away from brushed and nickel hydrides and stuff because like Rick was saying keeping those things like people will do pretty much anything they could to get a little bit extra out of a, a nickel hydride and they, they didn't last long sometimes and again, motors and having to cons- constantly Why? keep the br- the brushes changed and skimmed and definitely, definitely a lot easier nowadays. And so then we should really give, give Martin some time. But so, Martin, <laughs> wh- wh- when when do you first remember bumping into Rick? <sighs> wow. Um. I think we used to race. Rick might remember a place. It was a place called One One Stop Raceway. Yes, that's I think where it where I mean that's probably one of the desire. I raced at hot tracks when it was first there in Huntington Beach, but we went to One Stop, and I think I met Rick because they converted One Stop from dirt into like a little like small small asphalt oval track and and that and it was small i mean literally it was probably one and a half second laps it It was was a tiny tiny track that was hardly at the time the cars were slow enough to where it was i guess you could have an acceptable race but it wasn't it was small um it was small and then and then and then kind of racing we also now i can't remember this and Rick might not either, but I moved on to doing a bit of dirt oval. And I th- did you do some of that, Rick, or did you stay racing on road? Well, I mean, there was at uh, Radio Control Hobbies where I'm. I know you you raced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had the track that you know it was an oval track, but they had an off road. You know. In the middle track in the infield, so I did a little bit of dirt oval. Yeah, at that time, just because the local track, you know, there was a 
something to race. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's how I I met Rick. And you know, Rick Rick would well you'd have been if I was 12, 13, 11, Rick would have been what, 20 in his early 20s, but was fast. And it was a guy you saw in the magazine. So to me, it was like, ooh, someone that you see in magazines. So um, my mum, as we all know, will talk to anybody for hours yes. and hours. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> as we all know, got talking to Rick, and, you know, and, and, and we all got, got on very well. And all of a sudden, I got some very fast motors in my car. <laughs> you, know, which, you were uh which which was great was a, i'm pretty sure you because at the time we there was i don't remember how we got you the motors if you bought them at the store or if because at I, the time you it was one of those situations where you know there were hobby shops that sold stuff but i mean a lot of sales were direct to to people and yeah, you know, you know when you were paying the full price, you know, or if someone wanted something special or whatever, it was always able to get guys who were good or had potential. And obviously, there weren't a lot of kids racing at it, 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 the time, and you know, you were pretty fast. I, I, I had I had my moments when my temper didn't get in the way. That, yeah, um, but I mean, you were a kid. You were a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I always remember Mike Reedy saying to my mum, "We'd we'd love to do more with him, but his temperament he's just a bit too too wild." And I, and I was, you know, you you were a kid and you'd shout and throw your controller down, various things, or in my case, launch cars <laughs> across pit lanes. Yeah, I don't remember that really. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just as well. I think, I think, I think I actually, um, obviously, we used twister motors near the end as well out there with Mike Walker, um, and I think I launched a car at Mike's head once, and I think that was oh, really? that was pretty much the last time my mum picked the car. But it was one of these when we were racing dirt ovals. There was a company called SRP that made like a Dominator type copy. Um, yeah, and. I remember I launched this thing across the pits and my mum picked it up and went, that's it, you're done. And I, and I think that was the last, that was at Racers Haven in Bakersfield. And I think it was the last place I ever raced. And really? Until, until we got, uh, until we got <laughs> deported slash sent back. I was going to say, Martin was quickly escorted out of the country after that. <laughs> yeah. never, never to return again. No, that's it. You're You're out. You're out. But, you know, I mean, I, the, the people I can remember, funny enough, I came across a picture the other day and there was, it was me, yourself, uh, and Derek Batoni, you know, and I, you look back and Derek's name comes up in loads of things now. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and, uh, unbelievable. And, and funny enough, lots of people's from the old days, you just see names popping and you can see people slowly coming back into racing that used to do it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, once you do it and you see it, I mean, it's it's kind of sticks with you. And a lot of the guys like motorsports in general or cars, and it's a good way to to be able to work on things. And, you know, it, it, you know, other than racing a real car, which is very expensive and can be dangerous, this is probably the next best option yeah. if you yeah. like to, to get your hands on type thing. I mean, sim racing is big, but you don't have that no. you know, mechanical aspect to it. But, no, not all for the TV. But, yeah. you know, the, those times racing in the States were, it, it, it's hard to explain to people in the UK, and you'll know as well, how much we saw going on, development, people coming up, you know, Kim Ward, Jay Halsey, Cliff Lett, it, all the those types you know and, and we just took it for granted but when you look back it was some big times in rc yes definitely and that was when i mean people made you know some of these people they made you know we're selling you know there, there just weren't as many options and rc was still huge so yeah. you know there was money to develop and and it was a different time for sure i mean hobby shops made made quite a bit of money and were successful and 
it was a lot easier when you had like two or three companies making cars and these same cars were being used by hobbyists, you know, who never raced. So, yeah, uh, you know, hobby shop could stock parts for, you know, if there's three cars out there, they could stock parts for them. But, you know, nowadays, you know, you got seven or eight different manufacturers and they all make competitive cars. And yeah, yeah. I don't even know how you could even even do it now. No, it, it's it's a whole it's a whole different thing. But no, it it was yeah. it was great growing up. Or I don't think I did grow up, but it was it was great. <laughs> you know, racing with I suppose in my in my theory, racing with my heroes, which you know the guys you saw in the magazines. I, yeah, I, I, I never beat Rick, never could, but I did beat Cliff Lett once in a dirt oval race, and that's still my claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Thursday night. And he, he, I think he just got back from winning the Worlds Detroit, I think it was. And we raced dirt oval, four-wheel drive, and I beat him fair and square. And I think from after that, I didn't care about anything else. <laughs> you know, but, but Cliff was a, a massive, because we lived in Fountain Valley. He lived literally behind us, so I used to see him quite a lot. And it was, um, it's quite amazing to see he's gone on to obviously run Associated and where he's gone with it all. Yeah, it's it's you know these guys they they've been in a long time. I've been in in a long time, but you know it's you know the experience helps, and you know once you're kind of have it in your blood, it's hard to 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 you yeah, know, walk it, away. It, it, it certainly doesn't. It certainly doesn't go. So, but I'll shut up now, Aiden, so you can carry on asking. <laughs> well, first of all, I was just going to say. Basically, Martin, you've just outed yourself as Paul Crompton just 30 years earlier. Oh, I was I was probably worse than Paul Crompton. I, I had a temper. But also, don't we need to say happy birthday to Paul? No, yeah, yeah, he's 21, isn't he? But... He's 21 today. Well done, Paul. Yeah. Uh, and also, but mainly because that picture you dug, dug out of Paul when he was only little yes. was amazing, Martin. I, I enjoyed that. Um, just just a few bits, Rick, before before we let you go, yeah. and m- maybe sort of thinking of the future. And I understand that there's secret things going on. You, you know, we'd normally say nobody listens to this, Rick. It's perfectly fine. You just tell all the <laughs> secrets you can. But we understand that. But so, um, sort of being involved in Reedy, what what do you, is there any? Sort of, I'm not just specific media events. What do we think the future holds for our Seaver Garden? Then electrical parts are the are the we always say cars have gotten as fast as they can, and we only see incremental developments. What are we going to see in, in new or different fancier batteries or something? I don't think so. The the thing with the batteries is they're like I said, there's no problem with the runtime and in fact you know the one thing that we could do is have longer <laughs> races i mean we've been racing four or five minutes you know we've we've done some six minute racing with roar in the u.s but it the longer races really haven't taken off and that's where you know we could benefit from better batteries i mean we've done some 10 minute races with two wheel and four wheel off-road and that's pretty easy to do there's no reason why we couldn't do longer races but just the way the formats are it's not possible in you know in a race meeting and you know you only have so many hours in a day it doesn't make sense and it would prevent really any new developments in batteries that would improve performance. I think you still can get a little more power out of them and improved reliability and cycle life. And, you know, but as far as increasing performance and capacity, it's kind of at a dead end. And it's a a bit the same with motors because we're going so fast that, you know, there's no point going faster. It's all about drivability and tuning in the mod classes. I'm talking the very fastest classes. But as far as the future in electronics, like, you know, we're starting to get into and, and people have done just, you know, Wi-Fi settings adjustments with speed controls and, you know, ways to, to make the products better and more user-friendly. I think there's still some some development left there, but... Uh, I don't know what you you could 
you could see in the future. I think it's just improved reliability and and that's it really. I'm going to say this nice is cool. It'd be nice if we could somehow get everybody on board and, you know, we still have to worry about cheating in the spec classes and, you know, if there's some better ways to tech these motors in a way that would make racing more fair for the guys who are just starting out because they're the guys racing these spec classes. I think that would be a good thing if we could do that. We've, we're doing some things with speed controls to kind of help that, but it's, it's still, you know, you, you kind of have to rely on a one make type race instead of everyone showing up with their own brand and having about the same speed. Cause everyone, they want a choice. They don't want to be stuck having to use something they don't want to use. They want to use their favorite brand and, and they may think something's better, but that that's yeah. where I think we could, we could do make some improvements just in the in the kind of tech side and reliability side. Yeah, I say we're okay in the UK because we just all run mod in in off road buggy, so we don't really have those issues. But I think one of the things I, what I was just about to say is I I, I don't think I've ever ran a a Reedy motor or a Reedy speed controller. It's just you know the, the massive choices. But one thing I I would have said is everybody who I know does has never had a problem with them. The sort of reliability and the ease of use that the guys who sit next to me and two of the guys who sit in my tent run Reedy, are they 510 black boxes? Yeah. Um, And Sonic motors. And, you know, whereas I've had issues with previous speed controllers and control systems and Wi-Fi modules, they've never had any of that. I never hear those guys moan. Is is that something that sort of is a big part of Reedy going forward? Well, the reliability is always a big concern. And my personal philosophy is when you get to the very top levels of racing, if it means getting a little more power or, or something, you know, a little edge on the competition, people will be willing to give up some reliability to, to achieve more power or get an advantage. But the nature of our company is not just top racers. We're selling cars that are for people who don't even race all the way up to the hardcore racers. So we have to keep our entire customer base in mind when we're working with these products because some guys really have no idea what they're doing and they need to be able to put something in their car and not have it, you know, fail or, or work incorrectly. They they just need to put something in and have it work. And so we, we've worked on that a lot in the racing side too, because, you know, there's always going to be a guy who wants a little more power and maybe he's going to buy some product that he can go out for one race and, you know, a battery is an example. He might be able to go buy with this battery and he might have a little bit more power for those first two or three runs. But then after that, it's no good. And he's paid a lot of money for something that, you know, gives you maybe gives you an advantage for such a short period of time. But, you know, people don't like that. They want to put something in their car and they want it to work, you know, time after time and not lose power or fail. and. So it is something we do we do pay a lot of attention to. So we, what we need, I'm not saying because we are one tenth electric off road. So we are the prima donnas of the RC world. Literally, <laughs> these other two are the biggest prima donnas in the RC world. Um, <laughs> so we're looking for something that's easy to use, straightforward, reliable, and also can be adjusted within an inch of its life. Yeah. We want everything, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the, that's the racer, and then if it uh, if it doesn't work right, that's why you don't win. <laughs> yeah. That's no. I never blame my equipment. It's... Never well, my. I, equipment. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Aiden's equipment isn't the reason he doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden well, is the reason why Aiden doesn't win. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's always the guy who complains about the the power not being good enough, and if you watch him drive and you realize, well, the second overall, you know, on your overall time or two seconds that you would have gained by having a little more power that you that you might have gained by having a little more power, you know, you've thrown it away because you've crashed four times and you know had to be you know had to have the marshal get you so. Yeah, everyone wants the fast stuff, but the driving, ultimately, if you keep it on the wheels, don't crash, that's how you're going to go the fastest. And that's hopefully where people spend the money in practicing and test days and not worrying so much about, you know, a tenth of a second every two or three laps. No, I certainly don't worry about that. Um, Rick, it's been brilliant, honestly. I think uh, we've said I've said this a few times with people. You know, all this sort of forty minutes we've been chatted to just made sure I've, I've I've already put your name down to come back on in a in a few weeks or months time to tell us more about some of the stuff you know because really we haven't touched about any of your racing. Um, have you got any embarrassing things about Martin before you go? Has he got like a a, a nickname we don't know about? Oh, he was always bold bulldog. That was what he was known as, and that's what I I believe he even signed up, or his mom signed him up as Bulldog. Yeah, at the track. Yeah, we all had. Everyone kind of had nicknames though in the eighties racing. Almost, it was kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I don't even really know why he. I mean, you're a bigger guy. I mean, you're kind of you know. I guess maybe it was your stature that the reason you got the nickname. It, 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 but you're uh, also <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were obviously. tough out there too. You drove hard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I certainly upset many adults while racing. I have to admit. He always just <laughs> messaged me and said, "I think he was called Bulldog because he was ugly." Yeah, that that's probably as well. That's probably. <laughs> it. I think it was more just. I did, we, were, we were from England. I didn't bulldog. I didn't say a thing, by the way. No one will believe you, Joe. I, I, I don't mind. See, poor, poor Rick couldn't even escape my mum because she flew out to the States about five years ago and found him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had the shock they, of his life. Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, it was actually pretty good because Cliff was there too yeah, it was at awful. the time. And, and yeah, it worked out pretty good. It was nice to see people you hadn't seen in a long time. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've been back to the the states, but no, uh, if you're ever we, in, we, we we were. I was gonna try and get over to the Reedy race this year, and obviously with the COVID, it destroyed it. So, yeah, but but I will get over there at some point to race. I, I want to kind of do. I spoke to Joey about it. I want to kind of go back to my roots a little bit with the racing and go because, like OCRC, is literally across the road from where Hot Tracks used to be, which I find really weird. It's, yeah, no, it is same. I think it's the same street. It's the same street, yeah. So you know, and I, I still look at the old where the old tracks were and see what they are now. And I'm a sad git like that. I also forgot to say, I noticed, <laughs> I noticed you signed. Um, Reedy have signed two UK racers in Tommy and Jamie Hall. Yeah, we have. Yeah, they're quick. We've heard a, <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about them. Fast, and you know. If, if, nice people and amazing you know it, yeah yeah it it's pretty exciting and we always you know i i get a big thrill out of seeing guys win with the products obviously i like to win myself yeah but you know when 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 our team wins and our guys do well and you know or they're fast you know maybe they're not even winning but it it's nice to see the products in action and yeah. uh yeah i get a i it feels good to, to win, even if it's not me doing it. Yeah, no, wow. I mean, they're, they're a lovely family. You'll get a lot of results out of them. Good, good. Yeah, everyone loves the halls, but what it also means, Joey, that if they only want winners, me and you are not getting our Reedy sponsorship anytime soon. No. <laughs> we'll just have to put a line through that. Rick, you've been great. Um, before, Well, I always say the same thing. Before you go, do you want to thank your sponsors, but do you want to thank your employer? I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> well, yeah, it is difficult because my employer is my sponsor, but 
I guess if I'm going to thank my sponsors, I have probably the shortest list list of sponsors of any of kind of the top drivers. I mean, there's guys who race stock locally who they have a list of sponsors 20 long, but yeah, from racing, my sponsors, you know, Reedy and team associated, they've, you know, obviously been the biggest deal, you know, for a long time. So, you know, I owe a lot to them and, uh, factory team, our accessory line, Protoform. I always use Protoform bodies and you know, had great luck and a lot of success. Uh, one up racing, a lot of good accessories. And I'm now running Awesomatics and Touring Car and uh, had some good results with them too. So thanks, everybody. Rick, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we'll, no, speak you, we'll speak to you soon. Well, thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Right. Bye. Well, that was great speaking to Rick um, and Martin. I know we have to drag these stories out of you, mate, but it's always great to hear about some of the stuff <laughs> that you did. No, no, seriously, you laugh, but we do have to drag these stories out of you. Um, <sighs> so maybe we'll just have to go through and get a load of these old SoCal racers out <laughs> to... Um, Big stories out, but I'm not being funny. No, <laughs> yeah, especially with, make sure that we do them on when episodes when Joey is here. Um, so anyway, anyway, not, not much happened this weekend, did it? <laughs> or did it? I went racing. That was something. Uh, fucking hell! I went racing. Jesus. Wait, how many? So is that like your third race since lockdown? Of this year. Of this, of this, oh. yeah. Pretty, oh well, my word! I, I suppose we finished finished works up at like the beginning of March. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the third third time racing this year since March. Yeah, third time outdoors, mate. That's a great way of putting it, isn't it? Did, did you win the series at Workshop? Uh, I did. Yeah, you were like track champion at Workshop. Yeah, he was podcast world champion, and and that was on slippery surface, wasn't it? Well, and it's more of a just say yeah. yes, Joe. Yeah, I suppose so. Okay, just wondering. Carry on. Uh, I but we all know where this is going, and I don't know why everybody got so fucking jumped up about it the weekend. Because <laughs> I'm just going to say this now, and Aiden, I don't really Aiden, give Aiden, a shit. Like, Aiden, Hang on, like... no, no, no. Shush, shush your face, right? <laughs> shush your face. I was taken out. By oh, a hell of oh, a lot of people, hang on, hang on, hang on. and Martin, Martin included, and and somebody, and we will not mention names, decided at the end of our final to, to turn my steering whilst I was trying to come come round some corners. Which was which, which wasn't which me. wasn't much, which wasn't Martin, to be fair. Okay. So, I, so, I was going to start off with, you know, what time did you get to Telford? What were the conditions like? Oh, but Joey's just gone have, boom. We have, we have got a funny story about Telford because we got there oh. very early. Did you? Well done. Yeah, we, we, almost, there about then, we almost then didn't get to Telford. Well, it was only 10 minutes up the road as well. Because uh, we went to McDonald's and had a lovely McDonald's. Very simple. Nice. Yep. Sat in our yep. cars. And then Joey tried to start his car and it wouldn't go. <laughs> but it's okay. Back, I, did what any, I did what any good mate would do. I went, I'm going to the track because I want to get some practice. When you get it started, I'll see you there. And I drove off. Brilliant. Yep. Luckily, and... there was a man in the little car park across the street who saw I was struggling and come over and bumped out of my car. So it's all good. So if that guy listens, thanks to that guy. Top <laughs> banana. Hang on. So you just left Joey? Yep. And he had to get a, just like a member of the general public. Yep. Wow. Wow. Well, to be honest, that's the best story. I think we've we've sorted Telford. But anyway, guys, I'm going to say, you know, Martin, it seems to be wherever you go, you bring the biggest meetings with you. Because, you know, biggest e-buggy meetings when Martin does e-buggy. Martin turns up and does trucks in Telford. Is that the biggest group of trucks? Stadium trucks we've seen in this country for five years. It's quite a few, wasn't it? To be honest, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You, me, Brian, Charlie, Ben, Doddy, Bish. Um, um, that was that. Bowden. There was, I po- think, each, each each heat of trucks had se- seven. Seven, yeah. Yeah, so there's three heats of seven. So that's not. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That was good to see. Good to see many trucks. I mean, it's good. It was. It was good. It was good. A mix of different trucks. Mm. A lot of Schumacher's and Associated and Brian's Lucy. Right. Yeah. So, what was it? For me, the weather on Saturday was quite changeable up here. Was it? Was that what it was like in Telford? It Don't rained. even ask. It rained before it's just... every time we went out. Oh, even better. No, it's not. It was like going to the dentist. It was quite annoying. You know, so we, we, it so was a shame, really, because they, the, that Tony and the club do amazing, brilliant. Everything was right. Just, just everything was correct. Everything was good. We don't need to talk about COVID. Fed up of it. But the um, the race meeting was right, and it just rained every time we wanted to go out. Mm-hmm. We even got to putting yellows on the cars, and then it started raining. Oh, but Joey, you changed your wheels dead quickly then, didn't you? Yeah. What? Yeah. Unfortunately, quick-release wheels are great for another thing. What you need to do is, just before he's going to go up for a final, you slide his wheel off and put it in someone's hoodie so he can't find it. Oh. Yeah. Joey got picked on. Bunch of fucking childish bastards. Well, Joey, that's what happens when stars like you turn up, mate. This is what they've got to do to yeah. try and knock you off your RC podcast truck. The road. Well, he, got, mm. he, didn't, he didn't get just knocked off. He got destroyed. I'm going to be fair. I'm going to be absolutely fair. I actually think Joey, over a single lap, was faster than me. He, he, yeah. He was driving really well. Unfortunately, Joey just couldn't keep it facing the right way for five. Um right, let's let's just backtrack a slightly little bit. You helped nudge me sideways a few times, Martin. Well, that's because you're so fucking slow you wouldn't get out of the way. Yeah, no 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 no. I was allowed to do that in the final because in that situation I am the leader. Therefore I can create every scenario your, possible to stop you from your, overtaking. What was your excuse in qualifying then? Oh, I just had did too I, many accidents. Did, did I out-qualify you in every single round? Yes. Did I beat you in the final? Yes. Do you suck at trucks compared to me? Yes. We're done. <laughs> Love you, fucking hell, he's, he's beating me once at trucks and he thinks he's fucking world champion. Jesus well, you're, right. well, you're the workshop. Like, I just, just, again, I'd just like to point out, barring my accidents that I created myself, which in that final was fucking maybe two, right? right. You, Martin, had nibbles. Charlie Saunders took a big chunk. And even yeah. Doddy lapping me took me out. Because you were so slow. Hang on, hang on. If, if, if Doddy's lapping you, it's your job to get out the way of Doddy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, hang on, hang on. I wasn't given the opportunity to let Doddy pass because he took me out before he could go round me. Hey, Joey, at least someone didn't run out and pull your trousers down and your pants. Like This is true. This is true. I mean, they didn't Simon, track, Simon Moss. Okay, missed this bit. So, so who won? Uh, uh, ben Pugh won. Ben Pugh won. From Doddy, I think. And then Bish. Yeah, and then Charlie. Charlie. Martin, Joey. Chris Bowden. No, Chris Bowden and me. Oh, no, Preddy. Oh, no, Preddy oh, no, was last. Well, do you know what, guys? It sounds, and I've spoken to a few of those people, but it sounds like you had a great day. Um, we did, to be fair. Yeah, regardless of being taken out by several people who I thought were genuine, generally, you know, Friends. clued up on how to go racing. Yeah. Oh, this has come from the guy that's never taken it. Uh, I didn't want... Touch you in our final when you I was behind you. I let you make the mistakes. Yo, you're just classy. You're just classier than the rest of them. This is this is what what drives me up the wall so much. Is like, okay, I've never. I can't say I've never taken anyone out, but when I have done it, 
I've always waited. I've even waited when I shouldn't have waited, and when I've been told not to wait, I've waited. Right? But it's when the role the roles are slightly reversed. Someone is, you know, harpooned me, and they've just driven off. And it's just like, bruh, like, come on. Yeah, but we've all we've all had it happen. Yeah, but I've I've, I've, I've never I've never been I've never been one to just drive off because I've I've created the accident. I've always waited. You know, because that's how I was taught. Yeah, no, I didn't. You know, if you take, I didn't, you... I, I didn't hit you and drive off. No, no, no. You didn't. You didn't take me out to the extent like you caused massive like kerfuffles. I'm just, just in general saying it, it's it's frustrating when I myself will wait for other people to get back on their wheels or whatever, and you know, because I've caused the accident. But when when others cause the accident and don't wait, it's like. So you're are you calling Matt Dodd out, basically, taking you out? No, because Doddy took me out with, like, th- two corners to go. Oh, okay. Okay. Not two minutes in after holding my line for a, those two minutes. You were backing <laughs> him up. That's what I do, mate. I back him up. He was backing us up, all right. Yeah, but I, as again, in that scenario, as the leader of that, you know, section of track, I'm entitled to do that. Oh, great. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree. As the workshop truck champion, you're twice as important as everybody else. Yeah. Remember that. But you're not the podcast truck world. Well, nor are you, because you've not won anything. No, but I beat you. You were the champion. I still am. I've not, I've not won anything. I've never won. <laughs> I, I hate doing this, but I'm going to have to side with Joey here. I think the series win. Oh, completely a series win. The next, next one itself is on the 31st of October. If I can go, are you going? Yeah, probably. All right. Okay. Re- rematch. Rematch. Looking forward to that, guys. Guys, you know. Um, we, we spoke briefly during the day. Uh, you, you told me how much of a great day. It seemed like a great day at Telford. Yeah, it was. Um, Just, despite the despite the weather, we, it was it was nice to see everyone. That obviously, some of us haven't seen for yeah, yeah, nearly a year. Or <laughs> what feels like a year. But it sounds but like yeah, it was... you were, you were pleased to see them in the morning, Joe. But by the time the finals end, you didn't say goodbye <laughs> to many people. You just got in your car and drove home. No, I went and said goodbye. I'm not. I'm not that kind of person. You're not, mate. You're a superstar. A superstar. Um, you know, what, I think, looking back on it, Jim, I think we made tricks were set up, didn't we? Mm, what do you mean? Well, we could have put like shocks on the rear, and there's a few things we could have done. Yeah, but those those are the things I've tried at, at workshop and. But you, 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 you seem to think Telford had less grip. Telford did when it was when it was really wet. It it really struggled. I mean, I very rarely touched the throttle going into corners and stuff. Wow. So, okay. Yeah, it, it did did feel very very loose. It was. It was slidey slidey. Okay, yeah, so, there's, a few, there's a few things I'd like to try with the truck, shorter chassis and a few other things. What else? Okay. So what are we doing um, next week? You're working on it, uh, No, I'm supposed to be at the Stockfold Members GP. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. Is that, Again, you're gonna running, you're gonna running truck. Right? Oh, you're I'm doing... Truck at the moment. If they don't get enough people, then I'll be running my forward on. And that's exactly the same for me at Mendip on Sunday. Brilliant. So awesome. Everyone's going to have a great time. But um, also, I suppose it depends on um, what's going to happen in regards to the BRCA announcements. And yeah. Um, so I think, I think down here we're going to be all right. Yeah, I think. Martin, in a are you, are you even classed as tier one or are you like tier zero? It's whatever the lowest one is. 
Yeah, so Martin's in the lowest, you know. I'm if if you don't people don't know I I you know I'm from the city of Liverpool and the city of Liverpool and the Liverpool city area is the highest covid alert status for the UK we're tier 3 and I know there's been a, a quick update from the BRCA this Tuesday evening for us but we really haven't had time to go through it so it's not looking good at all at this moment in time as far as I'm concerned regarding whether we can race indoors or outdoors and we probably can't travel outside so, of our city area. So are you basically saying, like, where you live, like, you can't, you could race at Southport, but you can't leave and race, like, anywhere else? I, I think that's maybe what the latest update might say. We may so, be able to. So, but... so, so for you, it's no different then, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'll fell into that one. Um, yeah, I think on the latest update, you know, I'm not being funny. It's going to be so, it's going to be amazing if I'm only allowed to race at Southport. You know, Joey's just going to get more and more upset and angry every day. And I'll just go, just blame Boris, Joe, just blame Boris. Boris, oh, no, but really. I, I, I don't think, I think the BRCA have again, as always, have seems to have dealt with this quite well. The rules are changing all the time. They've taken the time. They've come out with what their original guidance is and said, this is what we think it might be. And they're, they're going to keep updating that this week. Um, so hopefully, you know, ideally, Liverpool is only the only place that's tier three and will be, stay the only place that's tier three because no one, everyone else gets better from now on. I think that's the most important thing. If we can't race or we're limited, then we'll just be all right, you know people who have listened to this have heard that we've had, you know, 16 great Sundays at Southport. You know, Joey's only been racing three times outdoors and I've raced every Sunday. Um, if if there is any kind of legal challenges that can be made regarding RC racing indoors, outdoors in Liverpool, I'm not being funny. My wife is going to pay for all of them um, because I told her that I probably won't be able to go racing on Sunday and she's just come back and look shocked totally shocked is that because she has to cancel the milkman coming around the milkman and leroy coming round, um <laughs> and all of these oh, other does, things does your wife's leroy visit as well yes i've got one of those there we go so but but we'll we'll know more and maybe as you're listening to this podcast throughout the week um you, you you'll you'll know more anyway um so well done the BRCA for just keeping us updated. So I don't know whether I'm racing next week or for the next four weeks. We'll we'll just keep that updated. Um, guys, is there anything else we want to add to that, or are we all right? Um, yeah, I think we're all right. I think we're all right. Okay, so I think it's. I, I always say this and I forget who we had on last week. Who did we have on last week? Really? You can't remember who we had on? Bruno, really? Bruno. Really? No. no. It was your. No, you I, I can't. I even said that. I'd like to thank Yawn for coming on last week. Please, nobody tell Yawn that I didn't try his setups. I listened to what Martin said regarding him being a bit of aggressive, Martin being an aggressive driver and him suiting Yawn. And I'm sitting there going, I'm not an aggressive driver. I'll probably suit Michael. So I kept my Michael EOS carpet set up and, and had a great day at Southport. Um, we'd obviously like to thank Rick Howard um, for coming on and just being ace and just chatting about all the good old days that he had with Martin. Um, and we, we've had a, during our break, we had a little chat about who we've got coming in the future. Um, I'm not going <clears> to, <throat> we don't like to name other people, but I'm not being funny. Joey Fish is turning up soon. Um, I don't know oh, whether he's going to be. Expert. He is the stock expert, the dirt expert. We just don't know whether he's going to be running a Schumacher or a PR or a Yoke. It's silly <laughs> season after all. Okay, boys. Yeah. So before we go, Joey, do you want to thank your sponsors? Uh, yep. As always, uh, the guys at Kosher UK, uh, Kosher Europe, uh, the guys over at Reds. 
uh, Sean at PBM Racing, Factory Fred Racing, uh, Brian at Screws for RC, and as always, the old man for everything he does and has done. Brilliant. Martin, do you want to thank yours? Yeah, guys at Schumacher, John at RC, uh, Brian at Screws for RC, putting all the right screws in the right boxes. Good lad. Um, yeah, good lad. Good lad. Uh, Richard like- RDT. And RC Games. Brilliant. I'd, of course, like to thank the hashtag Schumacher family um, for everything that they do for us. Uh, I'd also like to specifically thank Chris from TQ Models um, because when we look at our stats, it shows us all the countries that people yeah. listen. Um, and this, and, and, and every so often I go, does somebody listens in the Gabon? Yeah. <laughs> But but obviously that's Chris Stewart in the Gabon as we speak. So thanks for all those guys. Thanks to RPC Racing for all my screws. Thanks for Vic's Paints for sorting out my shelves, though I might never need them again. And Composite Kit for all the cool stuff he does. And hashtag the best hat, which you know, you know, God he wears well. He's quicker. Which yeah. we want to uh, address this situation, right? Oh. Because I watch. Bish had a hat on at the weekend, mm-hmm. and it and that is a big hat. So how your fat head does not fit in that hat is is incredible. Wow, was 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 a Schumacher hat? It was. Bish had a Schumacher hat on, and it was massive. So your head must be the size of a fucking watermelon. Literally, it is. Um, Schumacher. No one's going to listen to this, so we can say at the end. Moore's actually messaged me with a very similar point a few weeks ago. He couldn't believe that I couldn't get a hat, Schumacher hat that fitted. So I actually measured my head. I can't remember the number and sent it back. And I think they've spoken to their hat suppliers. Um, and they, they said, no, we literally don't make a hat that big. Um, so um, composite kit, biggest hat, best hat. That's the hat I'm going to wear. Uh, it is Fair getting enough. a bit dirty with suntan lotion and you know sweaty, dirty hands. So. Sun, sun, suntan lotion. Where yeah, have you but... fucking? Where have you fucking been? Well, well it's the only place Southport. Southport. Oh, true. Always true. Yeah. It's, it's been sunny once in a while, and I've got a big baldy head. So those are the bits that we do. So um, please like and share this podcast. Please like and share all the podcasts if you are going racing especially in the uk be safe be responsible wear a mask and if you don't see if you see someone who is not wearing a mask please go and chat to them what what happens if they're wearing a mask it looks like a small pair of pants on their face oh my god joey that was the worst mask were you wearing that for a bet No, that's the one I was given at work. Work that's don't my like work. you. We all, everyone 70s, at work has one. That's his seventies porn star look. Just, just like to point out, right? Obviously, no one at my work listens to this, but there's a guy at work who wears a turban and has a really big beard. So you can imagine what he looks like with that tiny jockstrap on his face. What, like you, a twat? <laughs> all right, Martin. Fucking hell. <laughs> Okay, boys. Right, let's say goodbye before we get into any more trouble. Win, okay. Wins one, wins one fucking truck, mate, and thinks he's fucking the bollocks. <laughs> I've actually won. Oh. I've actually won two. Thank you. Oh I'm, shit, man! Two, Imagine I don't forget. Uh, where? You know when you came and watched me and went, "Oh shit, that's a bit... and that and that like Southport with Mark, uh, with Aiden." No, because then I go to Mendip, so it's two different places. This is so true. Yeah, at least you <laughs> travel around exactly. I, I don't care. Oh, also, I'd just like very quickly before we say goodbye, Jason Rona, thanks very much for the shout. <laughs>